This episode of Homeschooling in Real Life is brought to you by Caroline's Coffee, fresh roasted coffee from the foothills of California's gold country, delivered right to your door. Use the code HIRL for 10% off any order. This is Homeschooling in Real Life. Welcome to the Homeschooling in Real Life podcast. Join your hosts as they dive into difficult topics that you might not find covered at your local homeschooling convention. Veteran homeschooling parents Andy and Kendra Fletcher use humor, honesty, and grace to discuss just what it looks like to homeschool in real life. Hey, Kendra, I have a question for you. Okay. No, I don't really. I just, but a lot of people have. So, welcome to episode 149 of the Homeschooling in Real Life podcast, listener Q and A, part one. This is Fletch, and this is Kendra. See, we did everything backwards that time. Kenj, Kenj, did I did I start with Kenj? No. What's funny is there are there's this group of people that call me Kenj, and yeah. then there are these few people in my life currently who've been in my life for the last six seven years. And only a sprinkling of them call me Kenj. Yeah, so they don't really know. Jerks. No, kidding. All right. Kenj and Ange. Those were two names we used to use all the time. But I know. All right. So this is a crazy entry to a episode. Thanks I know. For As listening. if anybody cares. They don't. They don't. They're like, <laughs> here's what people are doing right now. They're like, get through with the fluff. Get on with the Turn episode. It off. That's right. Um, except for Jason, who's like, no. Spend some time <laughs> fluffing. Um, yeah, we had a birthday this weekend. Oh, we had the big Mighty Ones birthday. Our Mighty youngest Joe. boy, Mighty Joe, is nine. Shouldn't yes. have hit nine. Shouldn't have hit one. Mm-mm. And uh, so we celebrate every year when he does it. He's on a Cinco de Mayo, or we like to call it Cinco de Cinco de Joe. Okay, but here's the reality of a big family. His sister had to sing the national anthem for our local. What what league is that? Uh, minor league. Minor like league. Triple A, double A. <laughs> Bottom single, of the barrel. A. I think it's single A. <laughs> Bottom of the barrel baseball yeah. team. They are, in fact, the Modesto Nuts. So right. yeah, they don't even have a cool name. So when you scream for him, you yell, go nuts. Mm. <laughs> anyway. Um, yes. So she was singing the national anthem that night with her choir. And so we told Joe, we're taking him to the the game for his birthday. It was great. He didn't know the difference. No, it was great. It was great. So yeah, we had a birthday. We've had a beautiful spring weekend here in the valley. And yes, we have. It's been beautiful. Loved it. And so... Sat out today on the marina because we have a delta that comes through a waterway from the San Francisco yeah, Bay. I told the kids we could get in the water and go to Hawaii from where we were. Very cool. Which yeah. is weird because where we were is not very exciting. No, you're in the dead center of the Central Valley of California. Right. You're an hour but and a half can. from San Francisco. There are Francisco. these huge ships on those yeah, ports. Huge. And so uh, we sat out there and ate burgers and they tried to fish. That was fun. Yeah, and <laughs> we are home for a few days before we head out to uh, Atlanta. I almost said Nashville. Before we head out to Atlanta... For the Teach Them Diligently convention. That's right. We'll be there this coming weekend. And I'm speaking on culture. Actually, I always get the name of it wrong, but I think it's it's one we did here on the show. Something Art, about naked, naked statues and yeah. Hitler or something like that. Right, right. Art movies, naked statues and Hitler. Talking about culture and introducing your kids to culture. I did a great question and answer on the uh, Facebook page. If you haven't gone there and answered for me, head on over. Uh, just let me know what you think about um, 
you know, what questions would you ask as far as introducing your kids to culture? Yeah, yeah, I'm glad you're doing that one because actually one of our listener questions today today is on culture. Yes, yeah, on this exactly. Yeah. So you want to head on over to these questions? Let's do it. Okay, so here's what happened, folks. We have just been... There's an onslaught of questions coming into us every day. We're getting an email or multiple. And those that we can answer, we answer right away. And those on Facebook we can answer, we answer right away. But some of them were just a little meatier. And we decided to dedicate a show topic to answering questions. And actually, there's so many of them. We have two entire shows. So don't turn this off. Just because we're answering questions doesn't mean, oh, humdrum, boring episode. These are three meaty questions on the show. Very meaty questions, And yeah. next week, we have three meaty questions. So yeah. these are the kind of shows you want to listen to. They're quick. They're fast. We're going to answer the questions. but uh, and, and we're not even saying we have the right answers. We're no. just answering what we think. Yeah. Um, so let's uh, take a quick break. We'll head right over to those. Hey folks, you know how much I love to talk about coffee, and you know how much I love to talk about our sponsor, Caroline's Coffee, fresh roasted coffee from the foothills of California, right in the gold country, right on the slopes of the Sierras. Well, this week, their coffee of the week is one of my favorites. You always ask what I would order. Uh, This is a Tanzanian pea berry, and yes, it's from southern Tanzania, but here's the deal. You know what a pea berry is? Maybe you don't know what it is, but inside every coffee bean, there's typically two berries, two coffee beans. Um, a pea berry is when there's only one bean, so it's slightly smaller, but this one, I'm telling you, great coffee. If you've never had a Tanzanian pea berry, you need to get a bag and try it. It's unlike any coffee you'll get on the shelves at your grocery store. Um, this is a very specific, very unique, and very flavorful coffee. Um, I can't say enough about it. Head on over to carolinescoffee.com, use our code HIRL, you'll get 10% off any order. All right, Kendra, you ready to start answering some questions? Let's do it. Our first one comes in from Chelsea, and Chelsea says, My detailed question is about introducing children to books containing dark magic. And she says, in parentheses, Harry Potter, etc. I grew up pretty neutral about this. I didn't have much imagination, nor did I enjoy reading anyway. I became a Christian as a teen, and most Christians I knew seemed to avoid it altogether. But as I have my own kids now, and we will be entering this idea, we will be encountering this idea more and more. I'm trying to wrap my brain around it. My husband and I went to a convention session, which somewhat explored the benefits of the topic, but left me with this question. How do you navigate books or other media with dark magic and similar topics with your children for all the benefits of the literary content and worldview talks? Some might argue this would open your children's curiosity and interest to dark, sinful things like witchcraft, sorcery, and demons. But would it? Or would it just give you the opportunity to talk about these things in your own home? How have you navigated this with your kids? What results have you seen, positive, negative, and how do you draw the line for what is appropriate for your family? Chelsea, great question. This is right up my alley because this is essentially diving into an issue of culture. Mm -hmm. And you're focusing on dark magic. I could focus that on any other topic where people say, essentially, are you going to give your kids an appetite for this thing or can you use it as a teaching lesson? Well, we have a couple answers. Kendra? (laughs) 
Oh, I like that. I <laughs> yeah. like how you pass that right no. on. Well, I mean, first, yes. I mean, I think without a doubt, this is always a kid by kid answer. I agree with that. And I think in, in some regard, it's a family by family answer as well, because some okay. families yeah. aren't even interested in this kind of these kind of books. I have no love for... Um, uh, what is this called? Narnia. Yeah, I, yeah, yeah. Fantasy. I'm the only homeschooling mom alive that's not into you Narnia. You don't do Narnia. You don't do <laughs> Tolkien. You don't yeah, fantasy, do sci-fi, all that Harry stuff. Potter. Not my thing. So I just wasn't big on introducing the kids to them. Now we know from the outset, you know, before you even get into this question, Fletch, there are plenty of Christian authors who love the Lord, who who dive into these topics or use these sort of topics. Um, or Let's just what use C.S. Lewis. I mean, C.S. Lewis, Lewis does Tolkien, this. Tolkien, um, Andy Wilson has his Hundred Cupboards books. Yeah. Let me tell you, I read the Hundred Cupboards to my kids and I couldn't read the second book. It was way too, like, sci-fi weird for me. Yeah. But but he knows and loves the gospel, um, as did L- Tolkien, as did Lewis. Yeah. And they have redemptive uh, stories and Story situations. Arcs, yeah. Right. But there are believers who won't allow those things in their home either. So, mm-hmm. yeah. Every family. Every family. Every right. student. But, you know, I think another one of these is I, I look back to being a kid of the 80s, uh, Chelsea, and I think of um, really wanting to play Dungeons and Dragons. Like mm-hmm. Everybody was really into it. My parents were like, no, it's going to convert you to the dark side. And... That being said, when I just said the dark side, there were parents that were not letting their kids watch um, any of the Star Wars trilogy. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Because don't you know that's a nine-movie series, and George Lucas was just going to be introducing you to uh, Buddhism. Right, through, I remember that. Through Star thing. Wars. Yeah. And so you're basically going to indoctrinate your kids into Buddhism. Now, mm-hmm. I'm going to tell you right now, I have watched Star Wars right and left, upside down and backwards. I am no more a Buddhist than I was when I first started watching it. But you know what I am? I am a guy who, when I was a kid, picked up every stick in the world to have a lightsaber war (laughs) and let my imagination go crazy with adventure. Mm. And I have kids that, you know, dress up like the dark Sith and kids that dress up like (laughs) both the Empire and the Rebellion. I mean, they're just big story arcs of redemption. And I had daughters that cried when... I'm not going to tell you who dies in the most recent uh, Star Wars, but your wife you know, cried. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> so big stories. Um, uh, but you know, my parents did not let me take part in Dungeons and Dragons. And you know, at the end of the day, it was a game. I just wanted to play a game with other kids. In our own home, we didn't allow the Harry Potter books for the same reason. Um, but I was misinformed and reading a lot of um, sensational stuff <laughs> amongst Christians at the time and homeschool Christians in, in particular when those books came out. And so we said, oh, no, absolutely not, absolutely not. And when our oldest was about 16, 17, something like that, I, I handed it to him and I said, hey, Hey, would you read this for me? Because he had a very discerning eye um, on things like that. Or, or he'll even say that today, even though he makes some choices in his own life <laughs> for things he sees and reads that I'm like, hmm. But he'll say, eh, that's not, mom, you don't want them seeing that. Or mom, mm, you know, no, no, not yet for that yeah, child or, right. you know, whatever. And he said, mom, I don't see any difference between this and Narnia or Lord of the Rings, or any of those books. There is a similar redemptive good versus evil, good triumphs over evil story. And so there you go. I mean, that that was his perspective. It took someone going into the world, though. So I would say this. That's right. uh, You're going to have to wade in the water. I don't... I don't throw things to my kids that I haven't taken part in myself or at least taken a look at. And that's what I'm saying. Sometimes I'm going to be like, for this kid, no. For our family, we're not doing this. Sure. I mean, there are some things that I just think are just 
dorky and I don't want my kids involved. It's like, <laughs> I just don't want to do this because I don't want to have to wade in with them. Um, but let me ask you a question, Kendra. Are our kids inherently good or are they inherently sinful? Well, see, and I think that this is a huge thing to remember. Somehow we've been communicated to in Christendom and particularly in the homeschool community that if we, we expose our children to these things or if we let them play with those neighborhood kids who are godless, guess what? Our kids harbor sin and evil in their hearts from the moment they are conceived. And so these things will not sully them more so. It may draw them to those things in in an unhealthy way, for sure. But the bottom line is, these aren't going to turn your kids evil. And one of the things I hate hearing is when a Christian parent will say, I tell my children I want their hearts to stay pure. Your hearts aren't pure. Our hearts aren't pure. So this idea that if I if I hand them this book with dark magic, you know, if I hand them Matilda by Roald Dahl, you know, where she has these um, extra powers or whatever, you know, if I hand them this book or, or if I let them watch Bewitched, that was a big one when I was a kid too, I remember in Christian circles. Really? Oh, oh my goodness. yes, because Tabitha could, you know, know, she was a witch and I she know. could, you know, whatever. So, you know, if I do that, then their hearts will be drawn and then suddenly they won't be pure hearts anymore. Well, our hearts aren't pure anyway. The Bible is very clear about that. There is none without sin, not yeah. one, you know. This- and so, but I think what you said earlier, kid by kid, family by family, if you have a child who is who is a little obsessive about those things or who is super drawn to those things in a negative way, well, then absolutely you would say to that kiddo, this is not a good direction yeah, right. we're going. Same with anything. Mm-hmm. If you have an appetite that's going to take you away from normal living, then we're not going to give you this appetite, you know, right. video games or sports or, you know, anything right. like that. So, all right, let's move on. Chelsea, that was our best stab at that answer. And you know what? If you disagree with us, go ahead. And any of our other listeners, that's our answer. That's and Fletch and Kendra. The thing is, if you make a different decision for your family than someone else or us, great. You've made that decision. That's good. All right. Second question. This comes from Beth. Yes. Um, and she goes on with a bunch of kudos. She loves our podcast. She loves to listen to it. Loves how real we are. Uh, she has a great husband who's very moderate in his views. And has kept her from being too radical. Um, Good guy. So her question really comes down to this. And it's, uh, how do you know when to stop homeschooling? Um, Mm. Her answer, uh, her question is really stemming from having four children. She has a special needs kid. She's a classic introvert. She has all these extrovert kids. And one of her kids is just sucking the life out of her. And she's asking the question, you know, um, if I put her in public school, I mean, I think we're we're talking a little bit back to that episode again about homeschoolers who judge. If I put her in public school, am I going to have more work to do? Is this going to be more problems sure. than not? I mean, mm-hmm. so she just sounds like an over, she just overwhelmed mama. Yeah. And she's absolutely. saying, how do you know? So mm-hmm. uh, we had a couple answers to this one. Okay. Well, first of all, I, I have said this so many times, Fletch, haven't I? Like yeah. so many times over the years, like, oh, I can't do this anymore. I'm so burned out. I'm so tired of this. I'm so exhausted. Um, but at the end of the day for me, Beth, and not necessarily for you, but for me, it always came down to what was the best thing for a child. Um, a specific child. So it might be the best thing for me to, to put this child in preschool or whatever, but it would, 
but I didn't think it would be the best thing for that child. Um, and then here we made this decision to put Mighty Joe into a school um, setting, and it was the best choice for him as well as for me. And for my children, I homeschool because when Joe is home, we don't homeschool very well. (laughs) So it was an all around win, win, win uh, for him. And that's why we made that choice. Um, So I think you have to say, what is the best choice here for everyone involved, you included? Yeah. And this lines right up with our every child every year, Mm -hmm. but also it's okay to backtrack. You know, we, we just did an episode on, you know, when homeschoolers judge and, uh, one of the things I'm not going to judge you for the decision you make. I'm also not going to judge you when you make that decision and you realize that was a foolish choice. (laughs) I'm three weeks in, I made a bad choice. Well, and that's a great point, Fletch, because I think sometimes we think when we make a choice like this, when we say, I'm going to pull them out of school and homeschool them, oh, it's going to be forever and we better love it. No, not necessarily. We actually have friends um, who pulled their kids out of the Christian school this year, have been homeschooling them this year, but one of those children she put back in about, I want to say January. Yeah, it was right after our kid's wedding. (laughs) I remember this. And she put that little boy right back in first grade in the Christian school mid-year, and she did it over the weekend. I mean, it was like a, this is this is not a good thing. I have, this is just not a good, we're going to put him right back in school. And she called up that school on Monday morning and they said, bring him in. Well, <laughs> and I, so, you know, there's nothing permanent in all of this too. You can make a choice and then say, mm, not a great choice. Yeah. And I think, you know, Beth is saying, how do you know? You know what, Beth? I just want to release you. <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, Cause it sounds like you already know, and you just need someone to say, do it. You know, and that's the thing. Sometimes we're just so tied up in our own guilt Mm-hmm. that we can't do what we need to do yeah. because we're too worried about what people are going to think of us. Yes, we're a homeschooling podcast. Yes, we encourage homeschooling. But you know what? There are some times where for the sake of sanity and safety <laughs> and everything else, like Health. you need to make a change and that's okay. Mm-hmm. So I'm, I'm going to give you the you know freedom to make that change. You sound like you have a great husband based on what you said about him. So Can I just put one more thing in there, Fletch? Yeah. I think a lot of times people who tell us that we must homeschool or we must do this and add to that guilt, that feeling of like, oh, I somehow have been a failure now or I'm selling out somehow if I if I stop homeschooling. A lot of times those people have not hit anything hard in their lives. Um, they maybe haven't had health issues or they haven't been overwhelmed. They haven't, you know what I'm saying? And yeah. so they're, they're coming from a place of being able to handle all of that and don't know what it is to have something that's broken them yeah. or put them in a place of, of needing help. Yeah. And so shut that voice out because they are not you. Yeah. All right. Well, we're going to take a break right here and we're going to come back with our final question, a little meteor uh, right after this break. Hey, in between answering these questions, uh, you all know how much uh, I've confessed on this podcast that I don't love to read. Well, I want to take just a quick moment to tell you about two great new books that I've read that I loved that I think you should read as well. The first is Kendra's Lost and Found. If you want to hear the story behind the story, you know, behind the podcast and hear just what happened in the life of Fletch and Kendra that took us from a life trapped in religion to where we were lost, uh, to a life of the gospel where we were found, where we woke up from gospel amnesia. You need to pick up her book, Lost and Found. You can find that over at Kendra. 
fletcher.com. Hey, she doesn't know that I'm plugging this book, so let's not tell her. Uh, the second book is one we talked about last week with uh, Barrett Johnson. It's The Young Man's Guide to Awesomeness. It'll be coming out in the middle of May 2017. Uh, you need to head on over to infoforfamilies.com. It's a great book that talks to boys about purity. Uh, it talks to them about positive relationships, and it encourages them to get off their butts and stop playing video games and to go out there and do something awesome. So uh, those two books, uh, Kendra's book and Barrett's book, uh, they are my recommendations uh, for the month. You need to get out there and get them. Thanks. All right, so we are back and we are answering listeners' questions. You have just lit up our inbox with questions. Uh, we just answered two. We answered one from Chelsea about introducing your kids to dark magic, mm-hmm. yeah. <laughs> or really just a cultural question. And a second one from Beth saying, how do you know when it's time to throw in the towel and say, I'm not going to homeschool? Um, and again, our answers, that's what we came up with. And we thought through them together, and those were our answers. And Can we change your verbiage there, though? Because I think even saying throwing in the towel sounds like I'm defeated or I failed. Oh, yeah. Do you know what I mean? That's not what she so, asked at all. That's not what she asked at all. And so, but, I, but that said, I'm really actually glad you said that because I think probably that's what Beth is feeling. And let's change that view. Let's change that verbiage to we're going to make a different decision here and go a different direction. Yeah. Perfect. So those were our first two questions. Our third one, we're going to do our best to kind of cover um, what this one is. Because I think if we read it the way it was written, yeah. we might find that we have a uh, a really, I mean, you, I just don't want to put her on the spot. And I don't know if she gave us permission to use names and situations. Right. So, so this is a very specific situation in a, in a homeschool co-op type of setting. Um, where there's a, a sin issue that has been called out by other moms of one of the women, um, and she is not listening to that uh, counsel. Yeah, and she was a leader. She was in a, le- this, is a leader. In this, yeah, uh, homeschool group. And now the the, the listener that's writing in is going to take over the leading. And she's saying, "I just listened to your your episode on judgment." But Fletch, we got a lot of these emails, didn't we? After that, we did. Episode. Yeah, <laughs> a right. lot of people said. Ooh, that one hit me either because I've been the judged or because I've done the judging. Um, and so then we get this email from someone who says, look, we have this situation. Other women have come to this woman and said, you're not dealing with this addiction in your life. It's ruining your marriage. It's, it's making everything fall apart here. And then in addition, what she told us was that if, if anybody has confronted this woman, she's then going and talking smack behind their backs. Yeah, so we have we have a big, huge... I mean, let's put everything on the table here. Um, big issue, addiction, uh, marriage, kids. Mm-hmm. Everything is falling apart um, because this woman is not willing to deal with something. So here's our listener saying, and I'm taking this over. Right, and, and I feel like I need to, to step in I need to step and say in. something to her too. Um, yeah. How do I handle this? Mm-hmm. So... Um, I think we described this well enough for our listener to say, this is the first thing that came to my mind. The very first thing. Mm -hmm. Our listener needs to live as loved. I mean, we have said this uh, over and over on this podcast that when you know the love of God so deeply in your own life, Mm -hmm. it allows you to walk in to really hard conversations and situations. And I have a feeling this is my answer for almost every, everybody that wrote in that this having a, we have, we have some coming up next week. They're real tricky. Um, you know, live is loved when you're, when you're loved. So when you know you're loved so much by God, yes. when you know you're his child, you can walk into hard discussions and hard decisions 
and just know that God's got your back. Right. It might blow up, but you're loved and you need to know you're loved. And I think as women in particular, maybe guys struggle with this, but we don't want to be talked about behind our backs. We don't want to, you know, we don't want to go and, and confront somebody in a situation and then have them just go spread lies and rumors, you know, behind our backs or to other people about us. So I think there's a couple things here, Fletch. One is that if she can remember her, if our listener can remember her, her identity is in Christ, yeah. like you said, you know, and, and she knows that, but we need to encourage her and she and remember. Need, yeah. That. And, and, oh, yeah. and you and I, I mean, yeah. all of us all need of to us. wake up in the morning and say, God has this. My yeah. identity is in Jesus. He's crucified all my failures to the cross and it's been redeemed. And so then she can also take that verbiage. Don't you think? And say it to this woman, you are loved yeah. by God. I want you to know that I'm coming to you from a place of gospel freedom that says Jesus paid it all. Yep. We are free in him. You are loved, but I'm watching you shift hope. Yeah, we bring up hope shifting Straight now. on to That's this addiction. That's exactly what I would do. <laughs> right, straight on to this thing that you think somehow it, it, it has such a hold on you that it's destroying your marriage, it's destroying your relationships. Yep. And so our listener can say those things to her in love, hard things, really hard things. Yep. And whether or not that person responds with any kind of positive response, right? Whether she rejects it or whether she accepts it, it doesn't matter. Because when we live as loved, we can walk away and say, I'm still loved. God's yeah. still got my back. And this is exactly what I think Jesus would do. He would confront the idol. Right. He confronts the idols right and left. Mm-hmm. Here's your idol. We call it hope shifting. But here's your idol. You have, you have shifted your idol onto this thing. You don't even know yeah. that it's destroying your marriage, your family, your ministry. But I'm going to be a gentle person and point that out to you. Right. Here's the idol. And... Sometimes people acknowledge the idol, and sometimes, you know what? When prophets were called to come in and say, get rid of the idols, you know what one time what they did to the prophets? They killed the prophet. Yeah, that's right. It just, it can happen. That's right. But you, that doesn't mean you're not called to be the prophet. That doesn't mean you don't stand up and say, hmm, mm-hmm. let's point back to Jesus. Let's come back to Jesus. So our encouragement to you, uh, and we've we've written to you and said we were going to answer this on, on the air, our encouragement to you is just, Remember, remember where your identity is. It's in Christ. Mm-hmm. That gives you the freedom to speak the truth of God. I mean, our our heart, one of the things we, we talk about at our church is we like to build purposeful relationships so that we can speak the love of God, uh, both inside and outside of the church to one another. Mm-hmm. Um, this is a chance to build a purposeful relationship and it right. might sting and you might come out damaged. Mm-hmm but you're loved and God has your back. So there you go. So those are three questions for this week. Those are good ones. And the the crazy thing is we've got more. More coming. (laughs) I have a feeling by the time we get to those, it'll probably be even more. So, um, hey, we want to thank you for tuning into Homeschooling in Real Life. As always, if you want to reach us, the best way is to do what, Kendra? Well, the best way is to go to homeschoolingirl.com. You can find all of our contact info there, but you could also email us directly at info at homeschoolingirl.com. We'd love it if you'd leave us a review. We'd love it if you'd swing over to our Patreon page. Those are all ways that you can support us by, uh, by, by doing something that helps others find out about us. And we appreciate that. We will be back next week with part two of Listener Q&A. You've been listening to the Homeschooling in Real Life podcast. 
everything on this podcast was written and produced by Andy and Kendra Fletcher. For more information, or if you'd like to contact your hosts, please visit them on homeschoolingirl.com. dot